0: Amen. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, It's it's really been an incredible honor to be here with you guys. And it's, you know, I feel like I actually know you guys, even though this is my first time here, because I've heard of your good works all, all the way from Chicago. You know, you guys have an outsized influence that you may not realize. And sometimes it's nice to have someone come in from the outside to share how people rejoice in what you guys do. You know, the The churches in Canada have this reputation of being incredibly generous, incredibly compassionate, to have a heart for the lost. And you sow generously of your leaders. I know you send Mike selflessly to Australia and New Zealand, throughout America. And yesterday we were talking to a group of you guys about partnering with us even into Mexico and uh, partnering with some of the local churches there. And it's really outstanding how you have this worldwide influence. And that's such a picture of the kingdom of God through every nation, every culture, um, and so it's so great to meet you guys. And then, then I get here yesterday, and then I actually talked to you guys, and you guys are just really nice, too. Just really nice people. And I was like, and you just happen to be in a beautiful area, you know? And we're like, wow, this is mountains and rivers and lakes and just green, and everyone's nice. We were walking down the street, uh, and Mike was was uh, showing us the, the town, and like strangers were just stopping us, and we're like, hello. And I was like... Are you trying to rob me or is, are you trying to mug me or something? I mean, I'm from Chicago. You don't just stop and smile and say hello to somebody. And it's like, but I got over that. I got over that. And so it was, uh, It was. I just realized you guys are just nice people, you know. Um, but as, as nice as you guys are and as much of an influence as you guys have, I just feel, and as I was praying for you guys, that there's so much more that God has for you. And it may sound like, I have to say that, but I, don't, I really don't have to say that. I, 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 but I was feeling, and I had this picture earlier that, this was weeks and weeks ago, and um, that you guys are, are going to be like the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. And how Jesus was both the Lamb of God, but also the powerful Lion of Judah. And he was both of those at the same time. And so when Brandon came up and, and opened it up with the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah, I was like, it just like cut me to my heart earlier today. And I went up to him afterwards, and I was like, Brandon, like, did somebody, like, sneak my PowerPoint slide to you, or did you look at my notes or something? He was like, no, I was just praying, too. And, you know, when multiple people are hearing the same things, it just shows us that God has an incredible heart for you guys and is taking you by the hand and leading you to something even bigger. So I'm so excited for today. And specifically, the kind of message I have for you guys is embracing the Great Shepherd to be led into rest, security, and provision. You see, we're all sheep. The Bible teaches us that we're all sheep. There are over 200 verses saying that we're sheep. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't really want to be a sheep. I don't. There's nothing about a sheep that's like, man, I want to be sheep-like. I wanna, I want to just embrace my sheepiness. You know, I mean, they're not, they're not fast. They're, they're not strong. They don't even have horns. They're pretty helpless. Like, some sheep actually, if you knock them over, they, they can't even get up on their own. It's like. You know, they, they seem more like like a 400-pound hacker than, like, a wild animal. And it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible, but God says, we're sheep. And there's something in me, and maybe it's the American in me that kind of bristles to this, is, I, I know, I know, we're, we're known for humility down south, and, 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 and we, we own that. We own that, but also, if you look past that, there's actually a little bit of pride there, too. And... Um, and, and so we, we bristle against that and, and I was talking to my wife about this I was like, you know, I don't want to be a sheep I want to be like, I don't know, like Jason Bourne or someone like that, you know like, like taking it to the system, taking it to the man and one man army and, you know fighting the NSA or whatever and, uh, or, or, you know, like, like Rambo like a one man wrecking crew that just takes down everyone and, and my wife, who's, who's just wonderful and balances me out was like, honey, oh dear you were, you were definitely no Rambo you know <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, gee, thanks, you know. But but then she was like, no, but honey, it's you know, you're kind of, you're you're sort of like a Lambo, maybe, maybe a Lambo, like trying not to let me down so hard, you know. She was trying to lift me up, but but um, and I appreciate that, I really do, I really do, honey. But um, but I realized that that if I didn't understand that I am a sheep, I could never really let God be my shepherd, the Great Shepherd in my life. And and, and God says in Isaiah fifty three six, He said, we all like sheep have turned uh, to our own way. We've all gone astray. And he has lent, uh, put upon him the iniquity of us all. In Matthew nine thirty six, Jesus looks at the crowd and he saw that they were being harassed and helpless. And he had compassion upon them. And that's the heart of the shepherd, is to have compassion upon people. And then in John 10, verse 10 to 11, Jesus makes a, makes a difference between the thief and, and himself. And he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And I realized that the world spent all so much time telling me that I, I shouldn't be a sheep and I shouldn't have a shepherd, and I was just being harassed and helpless. And I was ironically, I was just being shepherded by, by the world. Then I was just listening to the world shepherding instead of because I'm a sheep instead of the good shepherd. And I realized there's a difference between being a lamb to the slaughter, which is what I was worried about, or a sheep to the shearer. You see, that's a completely different thing. A lamb to the slaughter is helpless and has this quiet desperation and goes without any possibility other than than death. And I don't want to be the person who at the end of my life looks back at my life and just realizes that I just lived it out, that I just wasted the opportunity that God had for me. Instead, the shearer goes and, and is shorn by the shepherd and is free. And is, all the weights and the burden of the, the um, coat, the heat of it, is, is uh, shed. You know, I was looking, I, was, I did some extensive research, actually, on, on sheep, on Google. But also, I actually went to, to uh, a shepherd farm, and, uh, and I don't know what they call it. I, I mean, I should have done more research. A sheep farm, yes. A sheep. Yeah, they're, they're whole farms of shepherds. There's like, it's like... It's like this: the shepherd farm that just cranks out shepherds. It's a, it's outstanding, actually. It's it's really outstanding. Yes, it's it's an American thing. So don't don't look that up. Don't, no fact checking. No instant fact checking on that. That could be fake news. Yeah, that's an alternative fact right there. But um, but you, I was looking at research on on sheep, and I realized that every year they produce about five to ten kilograms of wool on their back, and there's. There is a story in Australia because every so often there's a sheep that goes rogue. You know, it's like a Jason Bourne sheep, you know, it just it just goes rogue and then it's like out in the wilderness and no one can find it for 6 years and and then they find it and it's like this woolly sheep and I think we have a picture of that. It's like this woolly sheep and it can barely see, it's like has wool everywhere and it's so burdened and heavy heavy burdened and um, it, it's like barely surviving, you know, and th- thank goodness it never rolled over cuz it would never get back up. And they would, they would shear that sheep and it looks like free and it's like happy and dancing around. I, I couldn't pull a video up for you, but, but I realized that that's actually the shepherd's harp. That's, that's what it is to be a sheep, a sheep going to the shearer, is God's heart is forced to be free. That those burdens that we collect, maybe you've collected burdens of your family or things that people have put on you. Maybe they're expectations that you've put on yourself that have just weighed you down. And it's an incredibly burdensome thing to be both sheep and shepherd at the same time. To have to be in control of your own destiny, to control everything. It's in an uncontrollable world. We're not created for that. But God's heart is for us to be free and to step into something so much more. What gave me some reassurance through all of this this is that not only does God call us sheep, he calls himself the Lamb of God. He calls himself a baby sheep. See, it's not a pride thing. He's not lording it over us. He's embracing it. He became human. He, he didn't consider equality with God to be something to be considered, but he emptied himself of all of that and became a, the Lamb of God. Take all our sins upon him so that we could be free. And that's something that's so majestic about Jesus, right? Yes, we know he's powerful. We know he, he can judge us that he is the perfect judge, but he gives us incredible mercy. We know that he sits on the throne, but he also came down to be with us. That that Lamb of God and Lion of Judah is what is so incredible about the Christ story. And that's what he offers us too. And I looked at Psalm 23, and I realized that I saw it in a new way. That King David, he understood that he was a sheep. As powerful as King David was, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, because he was a sheep. And as we looked at it, I saw three main things. I saw that Psalm 23 shows us about rest and refreshment. Shows a safety, security, and provision. And first rest. I saw in Psalm twenty-three, verse one to three, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we probably all heard of this, but as I read that, I I just thought, how is a shepherd making a sheep to lie down? Like are you pushing over a sheep? Are you bullying the sheep? And I realized that in my research that shepherds actually don't bully sheep, that they just create an environment that's safe and secure. They just provide green pastures and still waters and sheep can rest. When they feel secure, they can lie down. That's what being in the presence of the good shepherd does. It allows us to rest. You see, we don't have to live lives of quiet desperation. We don't have to be incredibly burdened. Like God didn't put those burdens there. In Matthew 11, it said, Come all who are weak and weary and heavy burden. I will give you rest. My yoke is light and easy to carry. That's the heart of the shepherd. Now, this may sound obvious, right? That, okay, yeah, we need God. But it wasn't obvious to me. You know, several years ago, I, I, I mean, I, I grew up and I had this conversion story in, in my high school years, and, and I understood that God was King and He was Lord and that that he, he was God, but I wasn't really allowing Him to shepherd me. You see, I was I still thought I was in. So when I was a single guy, I was trying to find um, the girl that was right for me. I was talking to my friends, and and they were like, "Matt, you just got to get after it. You just got to go through the numbers. You got to go on a lot of dates, and then that's how you're going to meet this girl." And I would go on a date, and I would pray about it, and, and I just felt God say, no, no, this is not the girl for you. And I would just get frustrated. I just felt God was shooting me down. He was like the worst wingman in the world. You know, he was just shooting me down left and right. And after years of this, I, I came, and I was just frustrated, and I just came to God, and I said, God, like, I just feel like you're a neglectful father. You're like an absent landlord. You know, I'm trying to do my part. I'm, I'm getting after it. I'm going, going through the numbers here, you know. I'm on eHarmony, you know, God. You know, and and we were matched personality wise, and and still it's not working out. And I was like, God, what do you have to say for yourself? And it was just like eerie silence. Like in, you know, in times of prayer, I'd feel something or get a sentiment or open up the word. I'd I'd feel like God was communicating. It was silence. I was like, it's going to be like that, huh, God? It's going to be like that. And I was angry. And I shouldn't have been angry, but I was. And I went to bed just angry at at god and while i was sleeping i i had this dream that was that was this vivid dream the, the most vivid dream i've ever had it was as real as i'm talking to you and i met this and in the dream there was this girl that was cute and as i was talking to her i was talking about god and life and mission and calling and all of these things and she became more and more beautiful to me and i had this feeling in the dream that i'd never had before of love and i was like this is the one this is the girl and, and then my alarm clock goes off, and I wake up. And I would probably still be sleeping now if my alarm clock didn't go off, but I tried desperately to go back to sleep, and I couldn't sleep. And, and so then I, I went to plan B, which was let's pray, you know. And so I prayed, and I said, God, what was that all about? And as eerily silent as it was before, it was as clear as I heard God's voice. And he said, Matt. And I said, I don't know. And then he, then he said, would you find her at church? Would you find her at school? Would you find her in a bar? And he said, Lord, I, I don't know. And then he said, now are you ready to follow me? And it cut me to the, my heart. And I said, yes, Lord, I will follow you to the ends of the earth, to whatever end, Lord. And I realized that even though he, this whole time he had been the great shepherd, I wasn't allowing him to shepherd me. You see, he was always God, and I acknowledged him as God, but I didn't really allow him to shepherd me and to bring me into something different. And at the same time, I actually had trouble submitting to my local church eldership. I was like, why do I even need a local church? Why do I need elders? I was like, I'll just pray, and I'll talk to God, and let's cut out the middleman, you know? But then I realized that the same reason I was having problems submitting to local eldership is the same reason I was having problems submitting to God as my great shepherd, that they went hand in hand, and it was actually— a way of testing whether I was truly submitted or not. You see in Psalm 23, verse 4 and 5, it says... Oh, actually, I keep forgetting. So then later on, I I, I did actually find find Sheetal. You're like, oh, so you had a dream. That's awesome, but that's that's great. You know, but um, so later on... So she's here. She's actually right there. She really exists, guys. She's real. She's real. I don't just have a photo of her or something. Uh, but later on, actually, I, I uh, was talking to my aunt in India. She had called, and she said, oh, I met this, I met this girl, and I think you should, you should get to know her. I think you guys would be great together. And I was like, oh, who's this? And this was years later, but I was, I was, I was like, okay, who's this girl? It's like, oh, this girl from South Africa. I was like, South Africa? Why would, I, why would I meet a girl in South Africa? And I was like, oh, simple country aunt in India. You know, so simple, so country. I was like, I... I so I... I I love your heart, aunt, but um, I gotta go. I really gotta go. And so, and that was it. And then I I laughed. I laughed pretty hard. Um, And then uh, a few weeks later, uh, a friend of mine that I grew up with was like, oh, Matt, you know, I was just thinking, you should probably meet my cousin. It's like, oh, who's your cousin? Oh, this girl from South Africa. It's like, what, the same girl from South Africa? It's like, the same girl as what? What do you mean? I just told you, there's a girl from South Africa. What, what, there's another girl from South Africa? I was like, yeah, it was the same girl. And so I was like, okay, I should email her. And so I, I emailed her and I was like, I'm going to scare her off, okay? And I'm like, God God will always be my first love. And I quoted Proverbs 31 in my email. And I was like, she is for sure not responding to this. You know, it was like, there's no way. that, that but, but she was in a situation where that's exactly what she had prayed for, like that someone would just come up and be honest and upfront on their faith. And it was just at the right time. And she said, that's how it should be. And long story short, I, God led me a step at a time. And I flew to South Africa. And my friends, those same friends who were, who were like, go through the numbers, were like, why are you going to South Africa? Don't go to South Africa, man. And actually, I actually met her brother. Her brother came to Chicago also and to like vet me. But his, his vetting was, hey, man, I really like you. Why my sister? Why, why do you like my sister? I was like, look at all these girls. Like, date any one of these girls. I was like, is this a trick? Or Are you, are you being serious? He's like, no, seriously, why my sister? And I was like, this is the worst ambassador I've ever seen of a family. A true story. It's all true stories. And so then I went there despite all of that, those obstacles, and it was just like my dream. You know, she's obviously cute. And as, as we were talking, she just became more and more beautiful to me. And I realized that, that I needed that great shepherd to, to shepherd me. And so Psalm 23, 4 to 5 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare the presence of my enemies. See, aren't there so many things that make us feel insecure, to make us feel uncertain? Like, all you have to do is turn on the news, right? There's like a crazed dictator trying to nuke everything, nuclear holocaust or whatever. There's um, a very reasonable American president who's trying to tear up NAFTA. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. I, I couldn't say that with a straight face. No, uh, no. I mean, you know, there's all of those kinds of things. And there is, you know, there's a hurricane that that goes over Houston and and drops 132 centimeters of of water and all at once and just sits over a major city. And there's a city underwater. You know, there's a hurricane today going through Florida and just barreling through the country. And there's so many things that make us insecure. There, our families can make us like we can worry about our families about ourselves, about our health. I mean, there's so many things that unsettle us. And, you know, if you think that the great shepherd is going to protect you from that, if you just like this kindly person who just will hold you under his wing and just like, it's just nice and, you know, nice, you can go on a walk with him or something like that, it doesn't instill a lot of confidence to, to defend you against all of those things. But you see, the Bible knew that shepherds are fierce. They're aggressive. They fiercely defend their own. In Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot's um, shepherds were fighting over wells and water and land. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, actually, this, this American author who went to school in Canada, yeah, he wrote this book called Outliers, and he talked about how one of the great rivalries in, in American history, the Hatfields and the McCoys, this blood feud that happened over generations and killed all these people, Originated because their families were from shepherding lines, and in the Scottish Highlands, you had to be aggressive, and you could never stand down from a conflict, and you were fiercely loyal to your family, and that fueled some of this cultural things that were passed down. You see, our culture shepherds us also. In First Samuel seventeen thirty six, David, who was a shepherd, says he killed a lion and he killed a bear. You know, both of both of which we have here in Nanaimo. So you should, be, you should be worried about lions and bears, evidently. We don't have any lions and bears in Chicago. We have raccoons. They could be rabid. They have not had their shots. So we are plenty scared of those, those raccoons. But, but that fierce shepherd, King David, right? He also needed deliverance from his enemies. And he called out to God, and in Psalm, 8, Psalm 18... You see this incredible picture of God with smoke coming through his nostrils and fire coming out of his mouth, riding down the cherubim in the clouds and delivering David. And David, who was sure he would be killed, was standing crying out to his great shepherd to deliver him. And he came and he did. And the armies scattered that were before him. See, that's the great shepherd we have. He's strong and powerful and aggressively defending us. See, we are his sheep and he will, the good shepherd lays down his life even for us. In Psalm 23, 4 to 5, it says that we will sit at a table and recline even with our enemies. And I used to think that that was like a dining room table and we were just hanging out with our enemies. And that didn't feel like a secure kind of place. But as I looked at a shepherd's table, what that was is is we actually have a picture of it. It's this high ground that that they have where you could— um, Yes, that's the picture. So um, where you could— you the Shepherds would, in the summertime, lead their flock up to this high ground where— um, Wolves and lions and bears couldn't, couldn't get up there. And the shepherd was scouted out ahead of time, get away any poisonous things or clear the path, so he could lead the sheep up to that point. And the sheep could then rest. And even if they were surrounded by their enemies, by lions and bears, they were secure and they could grow safe in that environment. You see, that's what God does. He brings us to those tables. Even if we're surrounded by insecurity, even if everyone around us is freaking out, we can be secure in who God has made us and his presence close to us. A few years ago, um, we, um, there was a, a terrible earthquake in Haiti. You may have heard of this in 2010. And it just decimated the, the country. And Sheila and I um, were physicians and we wanted to do a medical relief trip out there. But we were going in right as hurricane season was happening. And, you know, Hurricane Irma is here and Hurricane Harvey. And so hurricane season is no joke, Right? And especially if you have no infrastructure, so you're just on an island that's been flattened and there's a hurricane, you know, there's not a great way of protecting yourself. So we were, we were really sweating it. We were like, ah, should we go? But we're feeling like God should guide us. But we don't know because a hurricane could wipe us out, you know? And so we went to our elders and, and church leadership and we submitted it to them. We said, you know, what do you guys think? And they prayed for us and they stood with us and they, they battled for us. And, and they were like, yeah, you know, we're really feeling God saying that that he's going to be your good shepherd. He'll protect you. And we were feeling the same thing, and it was good confirmation. And it was so wonderful to go together as a church family. And so as we went down there, we were there with the Haitians, and we were worshiping God side by side. And actually, like the second song, we're worshiping God in a storm. And we were side by side, and it was just this wonderful time of worship, and Haitians and Americans and people from all around the world singing worship songs in Creole and English. And it was this beautiful picture of God's kingdom. And as we were doing that, this huge storm rolls up, and it's like thunder and lightning, and it's, it's in front of us because we're on the side of a mountain, and it's rainforest here. So the storms come up and hit the rainforest and just let all the rain down over the, the mountain. And this huge, ominous storm comes up, and it's raining in front of us on the city. And I'm talking to the guy leading it and said, you know, should we break this up? Because, you know, there's this storm. We should get shelter." And he was like, ah, you know, I just feel so bad doing it because God is clearly doing some great things. Like people are giving their lives to the Lord where it's just such a sweet time of worship. And we're like, you know, let's just keep worshiping and let's just see what happens. And we held our hands up and we were just praising God and worshiping God and and this huge storm just stopped. And it just stopped over the city and it rained in front of us, but it didn't rain over us. There was open heavens above us and, you know, maybe there's a a meteorologist here who can explain how that happens, but I, I... I think I know what happened. And what I know happened is our God, our great shepherd, he came riding on the clouds and he defended us. And we could worship as long as we wanted and we worship God and we we did it for a long time after that. Then we went back to our rooms and we went to sleep and there was a gentle rain over us as we slept. You see, that's the God that we have. All we have to do is call upon him. You know, he's not going to force his way into your life. He's not going to dominate your life. He's not, he doesn't, he doesn't want to control you. But if we call upon him, he is strong and mighty to save us, regardless of our situation. In Psalm 23, 5-6, to six, it says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. I love that God's heart is to bless us. You know, he is the God, as Mike talked about, who leaves the 99 and goes after the one. He wants to give us everything. And I know many times I've struggled with asking God for more. But every time I've gotten over myself and, and asked him for more, he's provided. You see, C.S. Lewis once said that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just about thinking about yourself less. And, and I, I struggled with that. I was like, oh God, I'm just this or I can, I can only do that. And God was like, what are you doing? Get over yourself. You know, just keep your eyes to me and see if I won't bless you. See if I won't take you to new areas and do things that you never thought would, would happen. And that's the, that's the story of my life. And I realize that God is not trying to withhold anything from you. It's sometimes we withhold it from ourselves. That's the incredible provisions of the Good Shepherd, that he provides us green pastures and still waters and everything we need, safety, security, provision, and rest. He's also provided us with under-shepherds in the local church, practical examples of the shepherds' hearts. In Acts 4.13, Peter and John go up in front of everybody and talk powerfully about Jesus and, and, and extol the gospel to the people. And the people marveled. They said, these are uneducated and untrained people. How are they talking to, this like, to us like this? And then the next sentence says, they realized that they were with Jesus. You see, as God brings us to more, it expands his kingdom because people realize that there's no way that Matt could be doing this. And they see the Jesus, the aroma of Christ all around us. Because things happen that we would never be able to happen. Even today, we had a picture of the lion and the lamb. And then there's, and Brandon is hearing lion and the lamb. Let's have a song about the lion and the lamb. Things that are happening that we could never do, but God is speaking through us to everyone here. And he gives us the uh, under shepherds in the local church to help us, to support us, to pray for us. In Acts 20, Paul describes it and he says, you know, we've prayed for you even with tears, in all humility and trials. And he encouraged the elders to be on guard for the flock. He says, Be on your guard for yourselves and the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in amongst you, not sparing the flock. Why wouldn't we work with who God has given us? Why wouldn't we use the gifts that he has equipped us with? In Hebrews 13, 17, he says, Obey the the overseers that God has given you. Don't make it hard on them. It doesn't benefit you to do that. You see, God has equipped us. We are stronger together. In Ecclesiastes it says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. There is power in a body of believers. You know, I just, I just think of how many people here today have just been overburdened and weary, are just tired of going against the system and shepherding themselves, and have taken on burdens that they didn't even know they had. Like maybe here today, you're carrying things for your family, carrying things for yourself, carrying things that people have put on you, Maybe today is the day that those things can fall off you. That you can be that freshly shorn sheep that is free and can run. And there can be a release of joy in you. And you can have rest by the Good Shepherd. Maybe today is the day that you realize that those anxieties and those worries that you've been carrying, those thoughts that keep you up at night and prevent you from sleeping, that today is the day that those things can, can go away. That the Good Shepherd can take all of those things and quiet those storms for us. Maybe today is the day that that, that, um, that feeling stretched thin and living paycheck to paycheck, maybe that can stop. Maybe that fear of, of, of job insecurity or NAFTA being tearing up can, can leave by God knowing that he is your provider. See, with that picture of the, the, the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah, I just felt that maybe there were some people here that have embraced being the Lamb of God but they don't really want to become the Lion of Judah. They're content with what, what, what they're doing right now. And the under-shepherds maybe are trying to lead you into something bigger, into something more, and it feels a little scary. But when you realize that God is the great shepherd and he's leading you into more so you can embrace his inheritance, then maybe that'll give you the strength and courage to step into that. Maybe there's some people here who feel like they want to be that Lion of Judah, but they don't want to be the Lamb of God. And maybe today can be the day that you empty yourself and submit just as Jesus himself submitted and then step into being the line of Judah that, that, that you want to. So I just wanted to end today by just emphasizing that, that we are sheep, that God is the Great Shepherd, that he can bring us rest, safety, security, and provision and that he has given us under-shepherds to help us along that path. And I just feel like as, as kind of a step to say, God, I want more. That if, if something in this is something that you want, that you feel like you have been heavy, heavy uh, burdened or weary and you just need rest, or you feel like you're just, that the worries of the world are just choking out the life of God and you, you, it's been long since you've known the joy of God. Or if you feel like you just really desperately need a provision, then I just feel like maybe we can just stand t- today Stand at this point. I would love to pray for you, if that's the case. Dear Lord, I just thank you, Father, for the people who are standing here today. Lord, I pray that you would be their great shepherd. And Lord, as they have submitted to you, Father and embrace the Lamb of God, being sheep, Lord. I pray that you would come in powerfully and be their strong shepherd and release the burdens that are upon them. I pray that those burdens would just melt off their shoulders, Lord, and, and those feelings that they have to somehow fix this, that they have to somehow make this happen, would just, would just wash away. And I pray that you would, would bring them back to a place of joy and refreshment, Lord. I just sense your incredible heart of just releasing joy over your people. That they can feel safe and secure. That, that you have great plans for them. Plans to give them hope and a future, Father. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would bring rest and refreshment. And Lord, where, where the worries of this world have choked out the life of God, where those worries, and anxieties have robbed us of sleep or have caused us to have anxious thoughts, I pray that you wipe all of that clean. Where the decisions in our past have haunted us and just are hanging over, a lot of Jesus would wipe all of that away. And I pray for your incredible provision, Lord. I pray for businesses, Lord, to just have new innovation and new partnerships and new finances that would just come in. I pray for new jobs for people that would be life-giving and refreshing, Lord. I pray, Father, for families that would come to faith, Lord, that They've been praying and trusting for family members to come to faith. And, and this would be the day that they ask about Jesus, to ask about you, Lord. I pray for children and, and that, that parents have been trusting for, that would know you, and, and they would be asking more. and You would see their hearts open up to you. And Lord, I pray for this wonderful, wonderful church, that it would be a light to all of Nanaimo and the world, Father, that even distant islands would rising upon them. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the gift that this church is to believers all around the world. And I pray that just as freely as they've given through their generosity, their kindness, I pray that you would freely give to them. That in the name of Jesus, they would be healed and free and would receive. They would come and buy and eat and drink free without money, Lord. That they would just enjoy your presence. Enjoy that they would remember their first love. That they would come and dream again. That they would be men and women who dream again that they would come and their times with you would be such sweet times and they would hear your voice so clear and so near. That as it says in Philippians 4.4, 4, that they would rejoice always because you are near, Lord, despite circumstance, despite situation. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you love us too. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Um, Worship for a while. I really feel that um, God wants to minister to us by His Spirit. We can hear a word like this and walk out here and sense, yeah, I want to cast these burdens and things on the Lord and we pick Him up right outside the door. But I really feel and believe that Matt and Sheetal have come here to deposit something into our lives that needs to, uh, needs a response uh, from us. And as I was thinking of that, um, Hebrews 3 and 4 speaks about the rest of God, entering into the rest of God. And in fact, in Hebrews 4, it says that, therefore, let us make every effort to enter God's rest and That's a weird scripture because it takes effort to rest. But when you think about it, the effort is taking those thoughts captive. The effort is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the great high priest. The effort is seeing him high and lifted up. Um, The effort is laying down those things before him and not allowing the enemy to rob us of our peace and our rest. And Hebrews 4 says this, from 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For he, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. And here's the key to this, this chapter. He said, "Therefore, let us therefore then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of what Jesus has done for us, we have confidence right now to enter into the Holy of Holies. We have confidence that we can let go of these things. We have confidence that we can lay them down. We have confidence that we can stand before the Holy God, our Holy God the Father, because of what Jesus comes. So we come to the throne of grace, and we come by grace. But when we come to the throne, we receive mercy. And mercy is simply we get what we don't deserve. We deserve the stuff we've done and we look at ourselves and the enemy brings condemnation and all of that and I deserve my lot. No, we don't because Jesus Christ paid the price for that and he applies mercy to us. There are consequences, but we are forgiven and set free. And when we have received mercy, we come to the throne by grace through Jesus Christ. We stand, we get what we don't deserve, deserve, which is the love, mercy, and grace of God. And then it says, and we find grace, the other side, to help us in our time of need. And to me, church, that's a daily walk as we come to our Father daily and we say, Father, I just thank you for your mercy and your grace upon my life, Lord. I know that I'm a work in progress, Lord. But I thank you that Jesus Christ died for me. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And I can come to the throne of grace through grace. And I receive mercy. And then you give me more grace for the next day. And I feel that God wants to pour out his grace upon you this evening. So if we'll just position ourselves just to receive for a while, it doesn't need to be a long time. And if we can, as Matt said, cast those burdens on Him tonight for you. Open your hand and give them to Him. If you are struggling with sin, trying harder is not going to break the power of sin. It's yielding to Jesus Christ and receiving mercy It's a fresh revelation of Father love that's going to set you free from condemnation. It's a fresh revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. That teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Trying to achieve His love, mercy, and grace. We receive it by faith. We appropriate it to our lives tonight. And we say, Holy Spirit, come, wash away these things, these burdens, these anxieties, these things that are holding us back. In Hebrews uh, 12, it says, let us therefore let go of the sin or the things that so easily entangle us. And to me, church, and then he goes, let us therefore run the race set out for us. And we do that. By fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I always have this picture of a marathon runner running, but he's got a backpack full of stuff, full of rocks, full of issues, full of hurts, full of letdowns, and he's trying his best to run and with this backpack full of stuff. And I just see Jesus saying, give that to me. Give that stuff to me tonight. My yoke is easy. Run free tonight. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint as you wait upon me tonight. I will renew your strength. I will renew that vigor. Church, we are not going to transform this city from the outside in. We're going to be transform the city from the inside out. When this revelation of the love of Christ hits our heart afresh, when the revelation of Father love hits us, we'll we'll do nothing else but want to share that love, that mercy of grace. And people will get what we have and not what we say. So tonight, Holy Spirit, I just pray for a refreshing rain to begin to fall upon us. Sprinkle us and make us clean. As the prophet Ezekiel said you would do, remove a stony heart. As you said in your word that you would remove a a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Lord, as you say in in through Ezekiel that you will even move us by the power of your Spirit, to follow your decrees. It's all about you, Lord. This divine partnership we have with you, Lord, you give 100%, and we bring nothing, and you partner with us, Lord. We humble ourselves tonight, Lord. We say, have your way, Lord. Bring rest to the weary. Bring rest tonight in the precious name of Jesus so that we can run and not grow weary. So that we can soar like the eagles on the thermals of the Spirit, Lord God. I pray that even now, Holy Spirit, begin to work and move in our lives. Lord, I pray that for Matt and Sheetal as they go back. Lord, refresh them, Lord. Refresh them by the power of your Spirit, Lord. We pray for a supernatural impartation, Lord God, of your mercy and your grace upon them and on that beautiful church, Lord. And as we... Worship now, Lord God. We open our hearts and our hands and say, fill us, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name.